Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker with me, Matt, and... It's me, Chris. Hello, Chris. How are you today? I'm all right, thank you. Yes, it's nice to be here. It's quite a long day, isn't it? We're starting this a bit later than normal. Yeah, I'm so, tired. I'm a bit tired. I'm absolutely psyched up to talk about today's film. Yes, today's film, Gods of Egypt. <laughs> Ages have passed since the gods walked among us. Before the fury swept over our land. Before the war that divided us for eternity. You're not fit to be king. It's my turn now. Set has taken over Egypt and enslaved its people. Only one god can save us, but not without his eyes. Steal from a god. Only a madman would try such a thing. Where do you suppose we could find someone so mad? We know what's waiting. Set has an army behind him. Gods, beasts, demons. You will bring them, Reginald! Bow before me or die. I won't make that mistake. Is that a storm? Set's hunters riding their pets. We should run! Run? We mortals do it all the time! As we mentioned in the previous podcast, the idea is to try and pick different genres every time. So hmm. it seems quite appropriate to, to look for something which has got a bit of a, as you said last episode, swords and sandals type feel to it. So there's some real history um, in this film. Uh, and they play with... It's an interesting uh, choice of phrase, they're real and history. <laughs> there's a lot of um, poetic license involved with this movie. The aim of the Movie Bunker podcast isn't just to deride rubbish films we were trying to find a film that has been panned but is worthwhile yeah i think it'd be really easy to pick the worst films committed to celluloid and and just rip the shit out of them we don't really want to to do that we want to well, find... we have done that in the past. yeah it seems to be that way but it's nice to find little nuggets within these critically panned films something to celebrate yeah um because no one goes out of their way to make a shit film do they no no the plot synopsis then, which I, I believe um, is a missed over little thing that we do, the plop yeah. synopsis. It's not, you know, a bad accent. We're saying plop, not plot. Yeah, let's just clarify. We are saying plop because the films are normally shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the plop synopsis or plop points... For international members, though, they might not realise it. I don't, know if, I don't know if plop carries across the world. Okay, yeah. All right, so if you're from across the pond or anywhere, really, a plop <laughs> is poo. Poo. A singular poo. Yeah, a plop. A plop, one plop. You can plops. So the plop synopsis. So this is about gods of Egypt, weirdly enough. So we, we're introduced with um, our obvious heroic Aladdin-esque character at the start. There, there are some gods which are made very obvious by um, by some height difference. Yeah. Let, before we get to that, yes. the plop. The plop. The plop. <laughs> plop. So, um, boy meets girl, fall in love with girl, meets God, meets a plan to get God's eyes back because God had been betrayed by God's uncle. Yeah. Go on trip to get eyes back and girl back. Yeah. That's it. That's what they do. <laughs> Adventure in Shoes. It's a buddy road movie. Yes, it's, it's, it's an odd couple buddy adventure road movie. It's basically a lot of plop <laughs> to get to the end. The God of Horrors. <laughs> the, God the God of, of Horrors. Horses. 
isn't it? So he, I he is the god of wind. No, he is the god of wind. So he's played by uh, Game of Thrones chap. Yep, Nikolai. Nikolai Unpronounceable. Yeah, uh, who is the uh, the um, sister fucker from <laughs> Game of Thrones? Yeah, um, well, Kingslayer. Kingslayer. Well, he's very similar to being the Kingslayer in this. He's he, quite suave. Uh, yeah, yeah, some cavalier attitudes to everything. Yeah. and selfish. Um, so he's in line for the throne uh, as a god. Yeah. So he's a god, and he'll be a king as well, which is a novel prospect. Who who plays um, the king? The king is the guy from Cocktail, the Australian actor. Yes. Uh, who who uh, will I'll find his name in a second? We'll go through now. the cast. So he's due to take the crown, and there's a lovely ceremony. Everyone it's loves the. It's a bit like Robin Hood as well. Have you noticed that there's a good king? And no, it's not like Robin Hood. <laughs> But hang on, let me just let me work through this. So yes, there's a coronation, and at the coronation is the, our young protagonist with his girlfriend. Yep. And um, they're watching on. So his name is Beck, the Beck. young protagonist. He's played by another Australian actor called Brendan Thwaites, and he's with his uh, girlfriend, who's Courtney Eaton, who plays Zaya. Zaya. Brian Brown is the uh, the FX Murder by Illusion. Do you remember that film? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was in that. Yeah. So, yeah, Brian Brown you'll know from, I think most famously from uh, Cocktail, the the 80s film. Yeah. Yeah. But he plays Osiris. Osiris, I believe it's pronounced. Osiris. So, yeah, at the coronation, it's all going very swimmingly. Everyone loves Osiris. He rules with uh, great compassion. Uh, So there's a lot of... um, So the mythology bit that I tagged on to at this point was that there's there's a payment for passment into the, the afterlife. afterlife. Um, and Osiris is very keen on a, an equal opportunity situation. Um, so, you know, someone can only afford a penny, they pay a penny, they're in. Yep. If someone's rich, they've got a lot more money, they're going to have to pay a bit more. Yeah, no, he's basically he's Jeremy Corbyn, isn't he? He's he's a communist. (laughs) Yeah, he's brilliant. Um, Which I think we could all get behind. So everything's going well. Um, And then who should rock up? The bloke from the 300. Yeah, Gerard Butler. (laughs) Gerard Butler. Three days to cross the desert and nearly one more to pass through all your admirers. (laughs) Set. Brother, good to see you. And you, brother. There's always a place for you here. Such a big day for the family. You must be proud. I am. Look at you, nephew. Magnificent. At least someone here will make a fine king. I was afraid you wouldn't come. No, I wouldn't miss it. Ah. For you. Oh. A hunting horn. From the skull of a ram that flattened ten gods slower than me. It's beautiful. Yeah? Try it out. From, From set. set. Come on. Let Ra himself hear you. Someone heard you. Fight me. Father, don't. Stay out of this, son. Why? In a thousand years of peace, what have you accomplished? A land of people who dream of nothing more. It's my turn now. I won't fight. I love you, brother. With all my heart. Is this one of those films where they meant to overdub it with a less Scottish accent? Or do you think they just didn't bother? I think Gerard Butler tries very hard 
to rein in his Scottishness. Well, he doesn't try very hard. But until he starts to shout. Well, as soon as he raises his voice, he goes full rap scene this bit. Full rap. <laughs> I, Set, shall be your one true king. King of all Egypt. He's he, trying to be Sean... So Sean Connery got away with this for many years of just being like Hunt for October, yeah. you know, the, the Russian Scotsman. Um, yes, yeah. Famously, never ever attempted any other accent apart from his own. Well, he did the Irish in the in, the Irish accent in the um, Untouchables, which is pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can see why he never attempted it. I mean, you know, in um, Highlander, he was a Spaniard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he with a Scottish accent, and then there was yeah. a Frenchman with a French accent that was being Scottish. All sorts of shit going wrong there. But then we have Gerald Butler turn up as uh, the god um, Osiris's brother. Sept. Sept is his name. Sept Sorry, but yeah. God. No, it's Set. His Set. name is Set. S-E-T, Set. So, yeah, Cyrus and Set. Brothers. Yeah. Separate, you know, born of the same father. Yeah. One Scottish, one Australian. Yeah, well, you know, it's... Uh, I know it's fantasy in the... Uh, it's Egypt, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Mortals, worship me or be enslaved. Yes, it's a fantasy film, and you have to suspend disbelief. But sometimes it's the small things that keep pulling you back down. Yeah, well, the, the small things actually were quite a big thing when this film was released. There's a lot of controversy now within films that are being released. The term whitewash yeah. is used quite a lot when films are set in in certain countries or in continents, and they don't use uh, actors of that uh, continent or country to to represent the characters. In this instance, it's exactly the same. Uh, there's no Egyptian people, I don't think, in the whole film. But yeah, I digress. Uh, it's not we're not going to talk about political stuff on this podcast, uh, not today anyway. But yeah, um, Gerald Butler turns up. Who's the god of the? Um, he's the god of the desert, right? Yes. Set. Short straw. Yeah, and I mean, he turns up and he kind of think, oh, he, he knows something's up because he's, he's really just pally. Yeah, and he's not. He oh, wasn't invited. Was he not invited? Well, always he late. He was late. He's, late. Late. Yeah. he's fashionably late. This is when this is the bit where you really because, like, to begin with, it has a scene um, similar to coming to America where he has the royal penis cleaned <laughs> <laughs> um, when uh, the Kingslayer wakes up, and you're like, and then. Then there's some like small people walking around. You're like, oh, that's weird. Are they tiny on purpose? Or yeah, what? yeah. And you have this coronation. You realise that um, a clear way to distinguish gods from humans is that they're like triple the size. That fades in and out throughout yeah, the film. They, they, yeah, it's not very consistent. Yeah, so I, I've never seen that in a film before when they've done like Egyptian gods and stuff. And there's a lot of there's a lot of films. I mean, the, the, the notable good ones, notably good ones, and this what sort of watching this film made me made me not quite nostalgic to, to sit and watch things like um, uh, the Harry Houston um, films. Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans and Sinbad. And the Argonauts. Yeah, yeah. And I'd never seen the gods portrayed uh, dramatically bigger. Even the terrible remakes of Clash of the Titans. They were... They were just shiny. You know? Yeah, they were just a little... Yeah, they glowed. Really shiny. They glowed. Yeah, so the gods are bigger. They're like... Uh, They're massive. Yeah, and taller. But so some of the... We're kind of digressing again, but some of the special effects for that, I think, were, were quite well handled. I think. I like them. I mean, I was, um, I was initially um, quite impressed. We're big fans of the exposition, and they had like some uh, voiceover starts, um, and a, a lovely sort of sprawling vista of like a thriving peak Egypt. Yeah, 
which looked like a lovely place to be. So yeah, so initially the special effects, I was like, oh, hello, actually we might be on, we might be on for a winner here. You know, we might be on for a film that's well, that's decent. Yeah, I, I think I when the film started, I think I felt the sack the same way, and I sat here and I'd obviously done some research about the film first, and I was reading a lot of well, the critical reviews were the fact that the computer generated effects were poor, substandard, and I think probably when it comes to um, like moving characters or like the beasts of burden and all that sort of thing, you yeah. could definitely see it. This film had quite a big budget, but. Uh, I don't know. That. I was reading about the budget, and what was interesting, so the budget was like, um, they spent 140 million quid on this, yeah. dollars, sorry, 140 million dollars on this, but due to like kickbacks from like the Australian government to film there, the actual real terms cost to Lionsgate was 10 million quid. That's value for money. <laughs> it made 150 in the old uh, cinemas. Yeah. So it more than washed its face. Oh, I think the thing I noticed in terms of the special effects and how they are not consistent, is that the yeah the vistas, as you as you pointed out, were pretty good. Yeah. Um, as soon as we saw them transform, so the gods have special powers and they can they can manifest powers. themselves into um, beasts, if you like, and they've got like a character. So the the wind god Horus. Horace will turn into a winged creature. Um, Falcon-headed Falcon-headed dude with yeah. really cool eyes. Like Power Rangers. It's a great comparison. Thank you. <laughs> um, and Set, the obviously god of the desert, turns into sort of like a... Just an asshole. Yeah, but a black uh, dog. What's the dog? Yeah, the dog. Jackal. A jackal. Thank you, sir. Uh, turns into a jackal-type creature. When they do that transformation, they become armorized and... It's not great, is it? It's not great. That's when it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and all the gods have this kind of ability to do that. Expand on the plot. So we've got this buddy movie. Yeah, so yeah. Set turns up, um, kills Osiris. Yeah. This is where we first see our example of another difference of the gods. They all have golden blood. Yes, they bleed gold blood. Bleed gold blood. Just in case we were unclear about the old god bit. Um, so he kills him. He has a bit of a set to do with Horus, doesn't he? Yeah, they have a little fight. He has a little fight because he's obviously pissed off. He's killed his dad and he's, you know... To be honest, I didn't think he wanted to fight him, but then he's like, oh, and he's like, oh. Well, Set really wants to wants the throne for himself. He thinks that basically his brother has run... He it, thinks it, he had a bad deal from his dad. Yeah. My brother thought the afterlife was a gift. I think your king should have higher standards. From now on, you have to buy your way in with riches earned. His brother got all the um, denial and all the good stuff, and he's got some sand. I mean, how much looking after does it need, either? It's like, exactly. It can look after itself. Yeah, I've just yeah, gone on holiday. Not on a beach, obviously, because <laughs> that would take the piss. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then he pulls his eyes out, and you think, yeah. oh, Ooh, that's bad. And because Horace... Horace. He can see like telescopic eyes, doesn't he? It gives him his power. He does a thing and he, can ne he never misses. But then um, he yeah, yanks his eyes out. Yes. And, then, and then after that, we sort of fast forward, don't we, a few years. Yeah, five um, years, ten years later. Beck um, is now working on working on the pyramids. <laughs> well, that, no, no, that big old, uh, big old obelisk he's working on. Oh, yes. The set that now he's in control, he's ruling, he's making everyone suffer. He's basically saying you can't get into the afterlife unless you've got something to contribute yeah, to wealth. He, he, yeah, he, he deals in a fixed fee basis, yeah. like, a, like one of those payday loan people. <laughs> it's like, you know, if you want to get to heaven, 
Yeah. It's 85 quid, no messing. So yeah, Bex, he's, he's a slave, basically. Yeah, well, everyone's kind of enslaved yeah. now. Yeah, Zaya's a slave. She now's working for Rufus Sue, who turns up as another oh, yeah. Egyptian man with his wonky eye. Rufus Sue. I like it, this actor. Uh, he's been in quite a few films that I dig. As the exact same character yeah, in every single film. Yeah, he's a great British actor. He's just always a bad guy. Since Dark City... Yeah, yeah. Did, did this guy direct Dark City? Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, uh, yeah, the the, the director um, did this Dark, Dark Which is Dark City. one of my favourite films of all time. I have to say, it's a great film. I love that film. But since then, I think I've only seen Rufus Sewell playing um, as a bad guy. So the director uh, Alex Proyas directed Dark City, which had the actor in it, yeah, Gods of Egypt, and famously, probably. The one everyone would know would be The Crow from 1994. And he directed iRobot with Will Smith. Knowing with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah. Tax fund. Yeah. So he's got like four, mm, three pretty decent films behind him. I think Two massive cult films. Yeah, there. Dark City and The Crow, both pretty good. Uh, iRobot I really enjoyed at the time. I think it's still probably quite a good watch, I'd probably say. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a guilty pleasure. So Alex, Alex Proyas, he is from uh, Egyptian descent, so um, I can understand his, um, his want to make something that's fantastical and he really plays with the history on this. Though. I mean, there's lots of contraptions and weapons and things that, that were not sort of uh, around at the time of the Egyptians, like a trebuchet and um, you know, some of the, the weaponry that are used in some of the war sequences. Uh, and weren't, and weren't flying metallic falcon men. Yeah, 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 not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know we're going to mention it, but with the furor of the film, yeah, can we ever sort of cut that off in terms of say, right, these are films. This is a political issue. Never the twain shall meet. So, what I think Alex's um, point was is that he believed he got bad reviews because people disagreed with his casting choices. He didn't think he got bad reviews because the film was a turgid pile of shit. No. And again, yes, I think the controversy probably came first regarding the the casting. And then people, critics saw the film and were automatically put off by it. Because we know from, because we've done some research, because we do that for this podcast, funnily enough. Doesn't look like it. Um, We do do read reviews and, and our part is to read other reviews from other people. So... But yeah, a lot of people were given this low marks because of the lack of colour. Yeah, and a lot of people gave it great remark. Uh, great. I mean, there's more good reviews than, than bad. The, the, reviews. There's more ten out of tens than any film we've currently done. Um, Alex Proyas hit back quite dramatically at the at the critical press. Yes. Uh, about the whitewashing and other things, and he um, he he described. Um, movie critics as a pack of dis- diseased vultures pecking at the bones of a dying carcass trying to peck to the rhythm of the consensus i applaud any film goer who values their own opinion enough to not base it on the pack mentality it's like a bit of kidology there isn't it Going, yeah you know, oh. It is if, they, you got, if you've got your own mind you'll watch this film well that goes without saying i mean every director could hit back if all the bad reviews. I mean, he's not the only only film director to have made a, a critically a critical stinker. Yeah. Um, and you know, you either take it on the chin or you just let the fans do it. I mean, a, a great, a, a noticeable film. Um, I would say that critically done 
done poorly was uh, World of Warcraft. Similar yep. sort of thing, big budget, um, heavy effects film. And critically, didn't do very well, but the fans loved it. Yeah. The, the problem I had with World of Warcraft is it didn't really feel like a film. It, feel like, it felt like episode one of a 12-part series. Yeah, okay, okay. And then, and then because I knew it got panned, whilst watching it, I'd become increasingly despondent because I knew the chance of there being a second one was lower. Very low. So Duncan just, Jones. Duncan Jones. Was very was, ambitious was, project for him, considering he'd done great director. little sci-fi indie sort of stuff before. Um, but so, so we just say, right, so put this to bed for, for this podcast and yeah, for sure. us. Um, we're not reviewing this film through lack of colour. We're reviewing this film on the merits it has as a film, despite casting choices. Yeah. Because so I can understand the issues, because it's not like they you know, had Brad Pitt or something in there. They had low office draw, but obviously there was still some office draw to these people. You know, Gerald Butler will bring him in. Blokey from uh, Game of Thrones. Chadwick Boseman is the, is the other chap. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman. That's, Very early role for yeah, him. B- before he was famous kind of thing. Yeah. Bear in mind, he was only famous last year because of Black Panther. Uh, well, yeah, he had a breakout role, I think, in... Uh, he played um, James Brown really well in the, in the oh, yeah. Mick Jagger-produced film Get On Up, which was all up. a great film. really enjoyed that. So, yeah, Chadwick Boseman... Uh, in this film obviously I don't know I mean he's doing something he's a god he plays a god um, he's got probably the most one of the most strangest accents just his whole demeanour yeah. is weird and yeah. off-putting and it made me think to myself Jesus he's lucky he got other roles after this yes colourful mainly in the green and red spectrums variegated varieties with infrarescences composed of multiple florets each with a modified calyx. It's lettuce! I had a big problem in this film. In the early scene, because we haven't really gone too much into the plot so like far. Five minutes in. Yeah, basically, well, as um, as uh, Set or Gerard Butler uh, is taking over the throne and telling the whole of Egypt what he's going to do to them and, and basically give them these new set of rules, at no point at this coronation did any of the other gods think it would be appropriate to stop this course of action. So yes. you've got the god of wind, you've got the god of something else, you've got the god of this, that, and the other, and there's fairly, quite a few gods on the stage. Yeah, knocking about, yeah. yeah. So they could have joined forces, and then probably with, amongst all of them, could have quite... And, and in retrospect for them, would have been a better thing to do with that, because yeah. he goes around and just nicks all their bits after that. Yeah, sets then... Basically, he's driven he to... He sets too. Oh. He, he, <laughs> off he goes, and he off steals he um, bits and pieces from other gods. So he chops the god of wing, wind, the wing god off. Uh, her, um, he, yeah, he pulls her wings off. <laughs> he pulls her wings off. So he nicks her wings. He's got he's got Matey's art, Osiris's art. Yes. Don't know what that's for. Don't know what that does. No, but he starts getting these sort of components added to him doesn't yeah. he so he could turn into the mega ranger whoever it is exactly <laughs> yes he sort of powers up doesn't he yeah oh jesus so rufus Saul is uh set's architect and advisor sort of no yeah so he's person. building like all this thing including his pyramid and he has plans to um his vault where and so we turn into a bit of a we go to a little bit of an oceans 11 slash end of the last crusade type thing where uh, yeah. she gives him the plans to the vault where she believe Horace's eyes is because they, they want Horace back because they want they want a good god back so they can all get into the afterlife yes because obviously yeah the afterlife is um it's gone kaput isn't it 
<laughs> when everyone's queuing, no one's got enough cash to get in. No, all the poor people, obviously now... He's turned into an exclusive nightclub. Yeah, all the ones, they turn up at the door and they go, I I, I can give you riches and gold. Yeah. And they go, right, thank you, off you go. And he goes up. Cheers, and, mate. And then a lady goes, I have got a penny or something <laughs> of less worth. And she pops it in the pot and the feather is heavier than the penny yeah. and so therefore she goes down she goes yeah but they don't show exactly where they go but from the looks on their faces it's not good it ain't good Rufus Sewell's designed this these booby trapped area where the eyes the eye or not eyes but yeah. one of the eyes is being kept so Beck the young chap with the help of the map that he's been given from his girlfriend pulls off quite a, a nifty stunt and um steals the eye back yep and then he gets found out with it and she they both try to make their escape she gets shot by the arrow and then he makes his way to horace in the temple to plead him to help them to to fight set yeah and in the set at the same time save the save his girlfriend's life yeah he thinks that he's a god so he should be able to bring her back to life yeah and he kind of lies and says he can do it well horace doesn't really want to get involved he's, is, he's been yeah. a hermit for a while he's got no he can't see can't see but um, he starts to warm up doesn't he to this chap yeah he gets an eye back he gets one back right so he puts his eye in and then off they go on this questy journey yeah so then we get basically sequence after sequence after sequence which is basically leading up to the end fight basically this is yes. all this film is now leading towards it's the like resolution. a montage but really yeah. dragged out so Horace has to go here to get this. He has to go there to get that. He has to go to space to see an old geezer. It's um, his dad. Oh, his dad. Dad Ra, Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush. And Jeffrey Rush looks so confused. <laughs> He's so confused and so are we. Not as confused as I was because there was Jeffrey Rush on a spaceship flying around. He couldn't help Horace because he had to fight a cloud every day. Yeah. Chaos. Chaos. Right, chaos, the god... Not a god, but a massive creature, like an earth-devouring creature with massive teeth. Yeah. Occasionally, as another pop, doesn't it? Egypt yeah. or the world. Yeah. And uh, Jeffrey Rush has to fight him back with a sort of sun sword. Yeah. And he, he changes, he powers up like a Power Ranger. Yeah, powers And shoots up. it down. So he has to stay there. He can't come around on his spaceship. By the power of Jeffrey Rush. <laughs> he says. He's, and then he pops out his sword. <laughs> but he's, he is phoning in. This uh, um, his his performance is yes, and he's just got this expression of what the fuck. Uh, I, he's, just sed- he's sedated or something. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, he he seeks help basically to give him the power to change. Yeah, so he? most of their adventures are about getting enough juju together so that he can fly up, see his dad, granddad. Sorry, see his granddad. Ask him to sort out his son who's being a dick. Yeah, and his dad. Ra goes, I'm busy. Yeah, he's be busy. Bothered. He's fighting so off that like, massive I, I love cloud. my sons. You know, I'm a bit busy. I'm fighting a massive cloud. But you're both pricks. Sort it out, basically. Yeah, sort it out. I'm not, he's not I'm interested. Not, I'm not, it's like, it's like, my kids no fight. It's like, no, you sort it out. And I say that, then, then one of them gets out and I'm like, oh God, now I've got to punish one of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a shitty parent in the first place. Which is basically Jeffrey Rush, shitty parent. Um, so he does that. Goes away again. Then Set turns up, doesn't he? What do you want? Immortality. 
Immortality awaits us all in the afterlife. I don't want to die. I want to live forever. Down there in the lands I conquered, my kingdom. This should be my reward. How? The only way to achieve this is unthinkable. You would unleash chaos upon creation. You would destroy everything. Not destroy, reshape. I will take your place, but it won't be sitting on some damn boat. Then he nicks his sword and throws him off his boat. That's his, his, right. His he kind of puts boat. him in a bit of a coma, doesn't he? Chucks him off the boat. Geoffrey Rush loses all his uh, magic power, range of power. Yes, yeah, so this is why I get confused. I don't... I mean, what is Set's purpose doing this? Like, we've got this... Just to become so a complete ruler. Yeah, he's, yeah, but he's doing it. But then he's, he knows he's setting the fluff monster free. He was going to then devour, devour the world. That's true. So That's I don't, a good point. I don't really get why he would do that. Maybe it's a, it, maybe we should rewatch it. Maybe it's a plot point that we've missed. I can't believe there's a plot point missed. It probably ended up on the cat room floor. Didn't make any sense. But what were the um like beast, beastie people that were walking around as well? Because he, he sends off his beastie people to tackle Horace. Well, he, there are the gods, I think, that are And they have quite a him. good choreographed fight scene. There's a bit of a decent yeah, set like, too. Yeah, they're kind of, it's like a Taurus uh, or like a... Yeah, but are they gods? Minotaur. Well, yeah, big. because he's big. Yeah, yeah. And they bleed gold because I'm pretty sure they, they kill him. Yeah, and he cuts his head off. Yep, yep, yep. It's typical bad... I mean, how many times are we going to see this now? How many times have we seen it where like, <laughs> like there's the evil guy and then a hench person comes up and goes, ooh, I didn't manage to do that thing that you told me to do. And then... <laughs> and then yeah. the oh, guy, don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay. And then kills them horribly. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. It's all right. It's don't all worry. Right. Don't worry. Um, we all make mistakes. Then they looked behind him at the other person and go, I hope you don't fail me, Commander. And, and it immediately kind of... Like uh, it's in Star Wars. Yeah. And they look and they look at around and go, Huh? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> what a way to get a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Can you imagine going home to your wife? Yeah. Oh, I love, all right. Good day at work. Yeah, well, yeah. Good and bad. <laughs> got a promotion. All right. When was the last guy? He got beheaded. All oh, right. Tricky home life yeah, for these oh, guys. God. I mean, I expect they, they don't probably have time for wives, to be honest, when they're doing the deeds. It's, it's long hours being a henchman. It's it's not it's not for a family man. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> so Set has um, has done his dad in Jeffrey Rush, done and it. he's got his special sun sword. Got all the bits. He's now. got the bits now. Um, he does kill Chadwick Boseman's character later on, who's like the god of knowledge. We're kind of sidestepping a little bit, but Horace and the young Nipper convince um, Chadwick to follow them to, to to solve the riddle of the thing, the Sphinx. Think, so yeah. that they can get in to this thing to get the other eye, I think. Is that right? Yeah. And um, Chadwick Boseman gets the riddle right. Uh, eventually, uh, this big stone sphinx fight thing sequence, which is pretty poor. When the, oh, What I really enjoyed was when the riddle is solved and he finally gets the right answer, uh, the response from the sphinx is, Bugger. Yeah. <laughs> so the big soot monster is then coming towards Egypt and during this point they're having another fight. And this is another thing that annoys me about films is that this this thing from space got from space to Earth in about 20 seconds. Yeah. 
And then from just outside the city gates, he takes an hour or so yeah, to make yeah. his way slowly. Uh, uh, Who's this? The big smoke thing. Oh, I see. He's yes. heading towards his yeah, tower yeah, that he yeah, made. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 whilst watching it, I'm like, I don't know why yeah, any of these yeah, people yeah. are doing this. I can understand our hero's journey. He wants his girlfriend back because of her fantastic breasts. He wants his <laughs> eyes back and to be king and be um, magnanimous. He's learned that humans aren't actually, you know, all shit. He's taken a little journey. I understand all that. Sex character. Don't understand what the fuck he's up to. <laughs> no. It's just typical Gerald Butler too, isn't it? It's just all... He's just puffs his chest out, sticks his chin out as well, just for good measure, and just, ah, the bison, and the snare, and sort of growls his way through the whole dialogue. The character's very badly drawn in terms of what he does. Do you know what, as well? I reckon most of the cast in this film did this whilst on break yeah. from making Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Because they're nearly all in it. Beck's in, in the um, Salazar one. Yes, yes, yes. Beck's in it. Yeah. Jeffrey Rush is in it. Yeah. Um, the guy from the underworld, he's yeah, in it. Yeah. There's all, loads of them. And I'm like, because weirdly, yeah. Sky, not to give him any advertisements. Oh, I love Sky TV. Had um, they, One of those is in the Pirates of the Caribbean channel at the moment. Yes, so yes. So it was just on. And, I was, and I'd watched this the night before. And the next day I was watching it going, oh, he's in it. He's in it. Yeah, yeah. He's in it. So I reckon they just did it on a break. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's why Jeffrey Rush dialed it in, because he wants to go back to being Barbosa. Ultimately, yeah. there is a fight sequence at the end where uh, Set gets dis- dispatched quite quickly out of everything that's been happening. He gets... Um, yeah, because I mean, D- he's super powered up. He's got he's got the wings, he's got the art, he's got the body brain. eyes, he's got the brain, yeah. he's got the sword, the yeah. all-powerful Ra sword, yeah. and yeah. yet gets taken out quite quickly and easily. Yeah, once he's levelled up his uh, his god powers, um, Hor- Horus then just basically... Uh, rips his wings off and... Rips, yeah, and fights him to death. Uh, kills him, dead. Boff. Um, and then you know he jumps up into space and and rescues his dad. Uh, Jeffrey lives again. Jeffrey is still confused. He's very happy about it. No, he's like fuck. I thought I'd done with it. <laughs> um, he's he's back on the boat or the spaceship to continue space boat. Yeah, he says, well, I'll get back to work then, and keeps defending it from chaos. I don't know. Does chaos die? They just knock it back a bit, don't they? Yeah. So he flies off the cloud of um, the you know the dirty cloud with the teeth. And um, Beck dies uh, in the battle um, and is rewarded um, in the afterlife with his. No, he comes back to life. They both do, don't they? Yes. Okay. Right. Sorry. I After thought... saving his dad, Rise, he's like, "What do you want? You know, uh, you can have anything." And he thinks he's going to do something selfish, selfish. but yeah. no, he doesn't. He goes, "Oh, I got a couple of mortals here. You can bring them back for me if you like." I have never been in debt, and yet I am in debt to you, grandson. Ask whatever you will. Mountains will kneel before you, the winds will do your bidding. Answer quickly before a poultry still hungers. The night is always coming. I want nothing. Except what's impossible for me to get. Am I? You've returned. <laughs> Back? You might want to help her. 
And then he goes on holiday and then he's back in charge of Egypt. Did he? Yeah. Do you know what? I missed that bit as well? Yeah, he leaves him in charge of Egypt. Good idea. It's like, you, you used to be a thief. And he's like, yeah. You've got everything needed to run a massive, sprawling cosmopolitan city. In terms of the plot, we can put the plot to bed now. We've, put the plot to bed, yeah. We, we've explained the film. and It's, it's overcomplicated, yeah. overlong, I think. My oh, bum. It was very I long. I felt my bum. Yeah. I, this, yeah. is, this is my... Um, my sort of benchmark is if at the end of a film I can film a bum. I know what you mean. And th th this could have done with a mass, a, a good hour, to, a, <laughs> a good hour, a good hour of it. <laughs> uh, half an hour to forty-five minutes cut away. Which brings me on to the to the dialogue. I mean, the, the script itself and the acting and dialogue is 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 quite. Um, it's but it's like I say, if you look at the cast, I mean, like even like uh, Beck, you can see what he's done before. Uh, Game of Thrones guy Jeffrey Rush, Chadwick Boseman. Your mate from Dark City with his soul and stuff. You look at it and you go, okay, you know, this has got people. In yeah, it. Someone, yeah. Someone's read a script and said, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. And, and yet, yeah, the acting is it's, it's, it's almost uniformly awful. Well, I think a couple of people stand out as being really bad. But I think, I think for what it is in terms of the script, it's the script of seeing this, this isn't my term, but this is it's very very self-knowing so it's quite tongue-in-cheek um so a lot of the lines are are played for humor aren't they so yeah. there's lots of kind of oh that went well and um oh, i'm running it's what we mortals do and all this sort of thing and, yeah. and it's quite not i wouldn't say contrived because i think that's the wrong word but i think um yeah it's there's a lot of self-knowingness about it so it, it's it's yeah. deliberately trying to kind of in some way tongue-in-cheek its way through the film it distracts you kind of I think in a way from some of the poor acting because then they've not got a great deal to work with in terms it's of the, the, the dialogue and I think some of the actors especially Nikolai I think he carries a lot of the film because he's I, good in yeah, it yeah he, he, he does pull off the dry um, cavalier kind of attitude role quite well and it's you know, the it's, arrogant prick role exactly and he doesn't deviate from that very often and some of the other stuff I've seen him in but um, Gerard Butler is just basically Gerard Butler um, bow before me or die and there isn't anybody else that kind of makes any noticeable contributions to the film in terms of acting ability I don't necessarily think it's their fault I just think it's it's what they've got they've obviously all agreed to do something because it was probably nice weather and <coughs> they had a spare where's well, Australia few, yeah exactly so. small uh, few spare weeks in their diary and they you know a couple of them probably needed the work if i'm honest and the director's got a decent pedigree i mean yeah, he's, yeah. he's made some pretty good stuff so it did find an audience because you know you can see it if you only have to imdb this film to see the reviews are good <laughs> from you know the movie going public the people that spend their money to go and see it, a film it is a most marmite movie in the sense that i didn't find many middling reviews i found no. mostly which i find weird because it's a middling film. Yeah. It's not the worst film we've watched on this podcast. 
Should we do reviews? Yeah, so... Is it time? Is it time, Chris? What have you got first? I've got three 10 out of 10s. Okay, I've got a 10 out of 10, and I think I'm going to read a snippet from a, a 1 out of 10. Okay? Go with the, let's go with a 1 first. Let's go with a 10. I, I've chopped off who it was, but I'm just going to read the last <laughs> paragraph. Gods of Egypt isn't bad. It's not so bad it's good. It's not even worse than that. It's worse than the worst movie you can think of. It's so bad it makes you realise all of life is a random joke. So relax, because oh, wow. if Gods of Egypt can actually get made and released, that means actually trying in life is for fools and your fate is anything but in your own hands. Success and failure are random and arbitrary. So kick back, enjoy the ride. The, the, this film made this guy doubt his life and his existence in entirety. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, it was... I just don't remember, I actually don't remember that's, whether that's a, a good or a bad. That's a bad review, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. He's saying it's, it's films... just the way he ends it, just to, to, kick, to kick back and enjoy the ride in terms of life, not the, that was, not um, the film. I know who wrote that review. Who? Ron Howard. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it. Uh, have you, you've got a good one? I've I got a 10 out of 10. Let's hear it. Um, this is by Athena Stardeer. So, oh. so Athena, I'm, I'm guessing she's a woman. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just do the normal voice anyway. Yeah, well... <laughs> they all sound the same, these people, when they're typing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to do it in the, the voice of, I imagine, Athena Stardeer to sound like... Okay, come Egypt, visualise with a heart. <laughs> Since when is a movie not black enough? There were blacks and whites in important roles here. I ignored the bigotry of other reviewers, which is a weird way of putting it, when when the the other reviewers are pointing out yes. bigotry. Mm, yeah, <laughs> so, okay. I don't know there. And I'm glad I saw it. This is a remarkable, entertaining movie. The cast, scenery and effects are beautiful. The 3D is fantastic here. <laughs> the script is linear and heart-touching. She likes the fact that it go it starts yeah. and then it goes forward. It, it doesn't... That was linear. It's linear. <laughs> I mean, I'm not being funny, but I don't think I've ever watched a film which isn't linear. Me Memento, maybe. Yeah, I like the fact that it started and then it ended. <laughs> um, this movie lets us experience what the people of ancient Egypt imagined of their gods. It is the best movie on this I've seen. I will see it again on the big screen, 10 out of 10. Good. So this movie, it lets us, she, she believes that this is quite accurate in She's how... She's deep voice, isn't she? she? Yeah. Don't do that voice again, Matthew. It's quite scary. <laughs> Bearing down on me. <laughs> this is quite an interesting one. This is a 10 out of 10. And this was written by uh, Agrofoiteros. Ooh. Uh, okay. 10 out of 10. Very informative movie. Giant spoiler about afterlife. <laughs> so be careful, right? If you carry on, she's going to... Or he or she. Warning. Spoilers. Spoiler warning. But... Is it really a spoiler if you're not going to notice it unless I point it out? Question mark. <laughs> At the final gate behind the smoke and clouds, the space monster is hiding, devouring all souls of the sheeple who had lined up to go there. Later, 
they made it more obvious when they said no one makes it to the afterlife as the space monster consumes everyone. To sum it up, our souls get consumed like food on the other side. <laughs> Google mega breaking soul traps for more info, which will be vital to your survival on the other side. By the way, this is mind blowing movie when you get to fully understand it. My mind is blown. Well, yeah, fuck. <laughs> wow. Isn't that the most bizarre thing? I don't see what they see. I can't see through their eyes and see an amazing <laughs> cinematic miracle. I agree, but people are seeing things in this film. And I think we find that with a lot of the films we do. It does find an audience. Yeah. Yeah, and there are films for everyone. And I think that's what we can but so derive many from ten this. Out of ten. This Egyptian Power Rangers space <laughs> opera mess <laughs> is something... It has appealed to so many people. And it's proper people. 1950s filmmaking, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, women are just scenery. Yeah. Um, everything else is for no reason. It's... Talking about politics as well, is a new term, well, not a new term, it's quite an old term, but something that I'm, I'm that people have been talking about recently on sort of other podcasts I listen to, uh, and just general in print and stuff, is what, um, what they call fridging. What the fuck? It derives from a, um, it's a comic book term basically, where um, a woman or a, a girl or female character is fridged basically when she is used uh, as a catalyst for a male superhero or yep. a male uh, protagonist. Gotcha. So um, you only, it's becoming quite, um, obviously with the Me Too movement and all that sort of, um, yeah. how we're looking at cinema and this the is roles. fridged then. Yeah, the roles created for women. Yeah, it originates from a. I think it may have been like not the Flash, but a, a, a quite an old fifties comic where uh, a woman or a girlfriend of a, a superhero character was killed and, and put in a fridge, um, and of course that drives the superhero on to, to seek revenge. And it might have been like something from DC or Marvel, but an old, an old comic. And actually, it's very common in the comic book genre. Um, and now you see it in this. In, in cinema all the time and only I went to see Deadpool 2 recently um, and that's fridging as, as big as you can see it you know um, right. uh, and you, you just got to think about all the all the films out there and so many male characters are spurred spurred on by a death of either either a mother a wife a girlfriend you know john wick to to the punisher to the to deadpool to crow to this film you name it um some 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 characters some women john wick the, the you know the, the female well no she dies she's dead before you the it's film the dog was, the dog is the probably the, fridge the catalyst the fridge yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they um, fridged the dog yeah it's an interesting point to make and i just because i was just thought about it, it popped into my head then and i realized yes the whole quest of beck is to get his girlfriend to lie back to life and, yeah, say and she has well. literally no say or control over her destiny no no so it's interesting i don't i don't want to bog this podcast down with politics but um i think it's important um to discuss things if they arise yes. if we point it out um and and, and uh, take umbrage with it but you know, maybe you don't realise it's a new term. It's something I'm not familiar with or hadn't been familiar I think with before. We'll mention it again. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. Uh, if anything, to see how how cinema is changing, and it is 
So before we talk about our next film that we're going to review, which will be Matthew's turn, I just want to remind everybody, right, that um, we are on Twitter and we're on Facebook and we'd like to get involved with you, our listeners, those two or three of you out there. So <laughs> uh, get in contact. A couple of you have already. So we have got some uh, suggestions from, from our listenership uh, for future podcasts that we can do in future films that we can review and we're looking forward to doing those films you've suggested yeah get involved and, and please like subscribe and any any sort of platform that you get your podcast from it's important to us if you can share and subscribe and review as well because it all helps contribute to our obviously the money that we're making from this uh and our stardom because <laughs> um, we're doing this just for love matthew yeah so it is your turn it is my turn so what have you chosen? What delight? The genre I've picked is the sequel, which is obviously oh. wide and tenuous. And we've gone back to comedy. Oh, bunny ears. <laughs> bunny ears. Um, um, and we're going to go with a sequel to the, uh, the heap of shit, Mall Cop. Um, can you guess what it's called? Mall Cop, The Second Coming. Just put, it's just Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. Oh. You, went, you went too far. I was trying to give it some gravitas. <laughs> you know, they just they just threw a number two in it. Uh, Paul so yeah. Blart Mall Cop Two. What Paul a mouthful! Blart Mall Cop Two. Well, this will be interesting because I've not seen the first one, so I don't know the premise. But I'm certainly not going to dig out the oh, first one I to watch if it. You should. No, I want to go into a sequel having not seen the first one. That's a good thing. And I can come. You can then. You've seen the first one, right? I, I saw the first one. and I don't know why. Okay, because this has got Kevin. Kevin James. Kevin James, who's the guy from Brooklyn Bridge. Something. King of Queens. King of Queens. Which is which was quite a good comedy, right? I did like it because it's got... Um, ben Stiller's dad. Ben Stiller's dad in it. <laughs> and Leah Rimini. She's, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. Fine, fine comic um, actors and actresses. Very good. Thanks ever so much for listening. Goodbye, if you've got this far, which we know from statistics is highly unlikely. 35% of you don't even get past 30 minutes. So this is really? all for nothing. I could, I could give up my PIN number at this point, and it wouldn't matter. Close the door on the bunker on the way out, please, Matthew. All right, mate. Bye. Bye. It's lettuce.